Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. And as always, it is that time. It is time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Lock. This is Zach. A two-man podcast tonight. My player two is Mr. Matt Reller. Matt will be discussing with us a new article that just dropped late last evening that he has put on the lovely Creator Rank website. The name of that said article is Zero Wide Receiver Draft Strategy 101. So it's a exact exact opposite of what we talked about weeks ago, where you're going running back heavy and strategically targeting them. So before we get to crack a lacking on that, Matt, say hello, my man. Hello. What's shaking with you, my man, on this Tuesday evening? How are you doing? I'm doing great, just living the dream as always. How are you doing tonight, Zach? I'm good, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to calm down a little bit. I'm trying to find energy, so I did some jumping jacks before this because it's Taco Tuesday. So I like devoured yeah. three tacos before we uh, did this. So you know, it, my wife's so so amazingly like cute. We have a family calendar, right? And yeah. On this calendar, she actually, when we go grocery shopping on Saturday together, she actually puts in every day what we're going to have for dinner on the calendar. So, like we know. So, today is Taco Tuesday. Like like a lot of people do. Grocery store that way a little bit, right? Yeah, it makes it 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 interesting. It it does, for sure. So, I'm trying to to get some energy. I was uh, relaxing, playing a little Madden before we decided to do this rendezvous. So, still having a ton of fun. I was beating up on your Packers. So that was fun. Yeah, knock that off. <laughs> <laughs> well, to Who make are you playing as? well, it's I'm playing Ultimate Team, so okay. I'm playing as the Cowboys, but it's a team of like all kinds of players. Yeah, it's not any Dallas Cowboys. I think I don't even. I think the only Dallas Cowboys. I have Vander Ash and Jalen Smith. Otherwise, they're the only Cowboys on my roster. Is that the one where you have the '86 Baker and the '86 Deacon? Yes, and then I got '89 Hopkins and then '89 Bobby Wagner. So the well team's played. coming along nicely. I've got about. Man, another week of doing what I'm doing, I can probably go online and start uh, playing some fools. I'm playing challenges right now, earning some coins to build my squad. So I was playing against the Packers on rookie difficulty. So I like beat them like 28 to nothing in three minute quarters. It felt it felt nice. I was like, "This is for December, Rogers. Take this." Yes, right. That's right. You gotta put them on a rookie, otherwise they can kick your butt. (laughs) Zing. So, how, how is your evening treating you? Is uh, You just got off a day off, right? Anything crazy happening in your world? Uh, yesterday was a nice day with wife and kid. Played about three hours of pickleball. Uh, hour and a half inside, hour and a half outside. A new spot. Nice outdoor courts. Pretty slick. Um, spent some time with the kid. Went saw Toy Story 4 because I'm an adult with a kid. So, I can go see kids' movies. Okay. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, what uh, did you think? Did you like it? I laughed a lot. There's there's a new character named Forky that had me cracking up most of the most most of the movie. So yeah, people uh, even in the movie theater got to hear my crazy laugh. So oh, that's it was, it was a good time. I know my uh, my wife and I we actually saw it without the kids. Uh, oh, yeah. I think the weekend it came out, and there was one part of the movie that I was the only person in the theater that laughed at. It was the when the the was it the plush toys from the carnival were talking about how they were going to try to take the key and they were yes. jumping on the old lady and the <laughs> I I laughed way too hard at that at that is funny I laughed any time they were on there because it was Key and Peel doing the voices yeah for sure for sure <laughs> oh man well that's cool I'm glad you liked it it definitely it was it was well done I never you know. Um, Guilty ple- guilty obsession. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I saw the first one. I never, I never saw two or three. So uh, confession is what I'm saying. So, but I did see the fourth one, and I did think it was good. And my wife did too. Three was a little. I, <laughs> I always call it the Schindler's List of, list of kids movies. It was dark, man. Really. <laughs> it was to me, maybe 
maybe I'm crazy like that, but it uh, there's a couple of scenes where I was like, what? This is a kid's movie, man. What is happening? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, I, I guess I'll steer clear. Toy Story 2 is pretty good, though. Well, that's cool. All right, I'll check out the second one. Then my wife loves yeah. them, so so we'll see. I saw. Have you seen the live action Aladdin yet? Did y'all go see that as a family? No, I told the <laughs> I told the wife and kid to go see the Lion King or Aladdin without me. Hmm. I have no interest. Um, I keep seeing bad reviews on both of those. So. I I did not see the, the Lion King, uh, but I did watch Aladdin, and I, the reviews were so bad, and I expected so little. It's one of those situations where you walk yeah. in with zero expectations, so I was pleasantly yeah. surprised, actually. But yeah. that's, I think... You away, you're like, ah, oh, it's not as bad as everybody's saying. Right. It's kind of like the yeah. Max Payne movie with Mark Wahlberg that came out years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I, I was like, that's... that exists. <laughs> yeah. That movie's not bad at all, uh, but it probably really is terrible, but it just was talked down so much upon. <laughs> Did you ever play that game? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was a sweet game. Oh, I love Bullet Time. I never watched the movie, but it's Mark Wahlberg. I could probably convince the wife to watch that with me. Right. Well, you know, it, it, it. the whole game maximized the whole idea of the Matrix. You know, the Bullet Time, the slow motion, getting it in. And it came like right after that, didn't it? It did, like within two years, I think, because it was right. almost so, almost an Xbox some launch. Some people got like, "Oh, we've already seen this." I thought the storyline was pretty cool, though, in the game, at least. Yeah, it was pretty dark too, pretty serious. Yeah. yeah, I I definitely dug it for sure. Well, we could sit here and talk video games and movies for seven hours, and maybe we should <laughs> maybe we should do another pod. But let's get to yeah. <laughs> let's get to what's on the agenda this evening. So first off, so what we're going to close with is we're going to close with your article, okay? Okay. Uh, zero wide receiver draft strategy. You and I and Chris from the pod and a couple other individuals, Alex, who is our boss man, we participated in what, five out of – we had five live men in a 12 mock draft? Was it five or six? I I'm going to pull it up. Okay, cool. Yeah, pull that up. So I want to talk about that. Uh, predominantly, I want to talk about who went where as far as like marquee guys and what you and I kind of did or didn't do, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that second. And mm-hmm. the first football thing we're going to talk about is I did see a tweet today about DJ Moore I wanted to share with you. It sure. kind of got me hyped about him. But before before we go down that road, I mm-hmm. do want to just – I want you to close your eyes and we're going to tell a little story. We're going to have a little story time right here. So – I want you to imagine that you're driving to work. It's Saturday morning. You're recording. You just got done recording a pod with with me. You're on your way to work, and you're thinking about, man, I wish my job was fantasy all the time, so I wasn't driving to work. Right? That's what we all wish. I think that on Monday morning. I thought it today, honestly. But I want you to put yourself into a picture. Are you are you visualizing this right now? I am. Let's say you're. Let's say our pod ran over a little bit, so you're kind of behind at work. So you're a little frantic, you're a little rushed, you're a little stressed. You can't be late. You've got to open. You can't be the next one there. And then the police pull you over. You get a ticket. What's the first thing entering your mind right now? I should have made it a longer podcast. You should have made it a longer podcast because you would have avoided the ticket. The cop comes to you. The cop comes to your window. He doesn't say license or registration. He handles. He handles. He hand. He he hands you a coupon for a free drink at Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering the entire time where you were going with this, and I forgot that you tweeted that the other day. <laughs> it wasn't this morning. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what would you? <laughs> oh my god! What would you? So for those I of you, would, no, <laughs> I would be a little mad. I'd be like, "Really, Circle K? There's none in Wisconsin. Why am I getting?" <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I shared a story from Twelve News on Twitter actually yesterday, <laughs> and police in um, Tempe, Arizona, were actually pulling drivers over for good behavior and handling them coupons for Circle A, Circle K, to give them <laughs> free drinks. <laughs> So, so making them late basically to where they're going. <laughs> so, so they probably have to speed after they get pulled over. By the way, <laughs> to get to where they're yeah. going. Terrible excuse! I got pulled over to get a coupon. Okay. <laughs> the circle of life. Your boss is not going to believe that. 
Did you did you enjoy the setup there? I think our listeners did, played it. It I seemed did. like I was going really yeah. serious. That was that was beautiful. I really tried to make well it. <laughs> I tried to make it really serious. Like everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, please, listeners, don't follow along. We can't have you closing your like eyes that, while you're driving. We can't. We can't like have that it. really high pop fly where I just stared at it like ooh. <laughs> 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 so it's <laughs> so it's time for some foosball. So first off, uh, I am the host, I am Zach, and you can follow me at TecmoZach on Twitter. That's T as in Tom, E-C-M-O, Zach is Z-A-C-K. Uh, Matt Riller here. Matt, give the peep your the peeps your uh, Twitter handle, kind sir. We already kind of have. It's Matt Reller, M-A-T-T-R-E-L-L-E-R. That's right. That's right. I dig it. Simple. So, <laughs> so John Gruden was in the news today because okay. he just said, can't... <laughs> Hard Knock starts next Tuesday, and it's must-watch TV. I know, I know, you're one of the individuals in America that's cut the cord, right? Yes, yes, I did. So I might have to share with you my uh, my passcode for HBO Now or Go, so you can watch Hard Knocks if you want. My DMs are open for any HBO Go. Yeah, I'll I'll hook you. I'll hook a brother up, man. I'll hook you up. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, But it starts Tuesday, so a week from tonight. John Gruden today says that uh, <laughs> he's just re- he's just got a weird crush on Nate Peterman, man. He's like, I really like oh, this guy. He's just talking him up. It's very odd. What, and what yeah. is it with coaches and Nate Peterman? I don't know. Nate Peterman has more picks than interceptions, right? Or well, yeah, I'm sorry, he has the, more interceptions than completions, right? That's the thing. Right. Yeah, because the Bills were in love with him too. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. He must just be like this practice wonderkind or something. I I don't know. Either that or maybe he's really good at like hacking their DMs and finding out what they're talking about behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of gets all the dirt on the coaches and he's like, you got to start me up yeah. twice. <laughs> Peterman, yeah, Peterman the, Peterman the DM hacker. He slides right well, in. There's, well, there's <laughs> some tricks from Fitzpatrick because he always gets some starts too. <laughs> You know, there's only one bold prediction I can make against Peterman, and and that's if for some reason he ends up starting a game, you bid whatever amount of fab you have to to have the defense playing against him that week. You make that happen, oh. and you sleep like a baby. You could even you yes. could probably even bench a flex. You probably don't have to start a flex that week. Just let him, let him have a week off. He'll appreciate it. Yeah, sit Antonio <laughs> Brown and pick up that defense. Yeah. Antonio, I'm gonna give you the week <laughs> off, man. I've got I'm going yeah, against yeah. Peterman. I got, I got I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just rest up, man. Thank a hammy. You got this. All right. Gosh. So, <laughs> one of the Twitter accounts I'm really fond of following is Graham Barfield. Uh, he works for NFL.com, and he's very analytic, stat-driven. Yes. Uh, there's, there's, it's never an opinion. Like me personally, uh, I my opinion comes from other people's stats. I'm not researching these, you know, numbers and things like that. Or I am researching it, but I'm not digging and creating. It's it's just I'm in awe of think of what he finds and how he puts them out to the world. It's so cool. There's a big reason why he's one of the up and comers in the industry, I think, for sure. And uh, the tweet that he had earlier today really, really got me. And I'm gonna read it to you and then get your thoughts. And it's only 17 wide receivers have posted over 600 yards at 21 years old since the merger. DJ Moore did that last season. This this group includes Randy Moss, DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Andre Reed. So, for me, that immediately makes my ears perk up because there's not a bad person in the bunch and with the way those get those receivers did in years two, three, and four, that has me as an automatic buyer and maybe even a round early reacher for somebody uh, that I'm already high on anyway. What do you? What are your thoughts on on all this? Wholeheartedly agree. It definitely makes your eyeballs raise, your eyes go a little wider, and your heart start to beat just a little faster for DJ Moore. That's back when we were talking about Curtis Samuel. That was kind of the reason. I floated out what I did about Curtis Samuel is because I still haven't heard like this great reasoning behind the Curtis Samuel love other than maybe DJ Moore isn't who we thought he was. But this week makes me think he isn't who we thought he was in the good way. Like <laughs> I didn't know he was in that exclusive of company. So, Oh man, it just gets me 
going that much more and kind of solidifies where I stand on both of the guys. If anything, it probably bumps up more, just a little bit more, where I'm I'm wanting them around earlier, like you said. And I don't think that's necessarily a reach. I think it's just knowing kind of how good he is, how good he can be, the skill set that he has, the quarterback that he has that's healthy now. Right. I'm excited, man. And the targets. I'm really excited. And the targets. Tar- Jeff's gonna love this whole section. <laughs> yeah, targets, targets, and targets again. Right. That's oh, yeah. that's the yeah. name of the game. So here's the full list, by the way, um, of of receivers 21 Perfect. to do over 600. It's 17 Ricky Natel, 16 is Andre Reed, 15 is Kenny Stills, 14 is Kenny Britt, 13 Antonio Bryant, 12 is Jeremy Macklin, 11 is DJ Moore. The only two that aren't just bad to the bone above him are at 9 and 10. It's Hakeem Nix, Percy Harvin, and then all top eight is DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Gordon, Juju, Sammy Watkins, which, hey, his first two years were good, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Randy Moss, number one with a 1,300-yard season his rookie year. So, wow, that's, that's it's pretty good company. So just going off the list of 17, he has about a – 70% non-bust rate for where you're drafting him. So that I would say that but, that's pretty good. Who, who are you including in the busts? I, I, you know, not really a bust in that per se, but I would say that that Knicks and, and Harvin probably, right? And Harvin was had their years where they were solid options. And though. you know what? If you drafted them the year after the rookie year, you got decent production too, right? Yes. That's so, what I'm saying. Knicks, like for two, three years, he was solid. And then he got hurt, and there was the plaque accident that <laughs> bumped him into the alpha role that he wasn't ready for. But and Percy Harvin had the migraines, which is unfortunate. Those things are a pain to deal with. And thankfully, I've never gotten one, but my wife does. And man, it's, it's, it's not a good time. <laughs> so per fantasy football calculator, DJ Moore mm-hmm. is the 61st ranked player. He's going the three guys the three guys going above him are Deshaun Watson, Mike Williams, and Tariq Cohen. And the three going below are Jarvis Landry, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Boyd. So for me, Cohen and Williams I like, but I, I still think I would take more over him. But those are the three yep. of that six man group that I'm the most interested in. And heck, if I'm in a situation where I can grab two of those guys, I'm feeling really good. Right, so if he's going 61, he's kind of like the back of the fifth, early sixth. Right, 311 is the right. average. Three uh, Round three pick 11 is what the general uh, consensus is for him. For That's the highest that he's going anyway. Okay, it, okay. And then like, let's see. That the, doesn't check out my man. 61st. Yeah. <laughs> and then 79 is the lowest. So wow. he's going right right on wow. average. of six. Uh, he's going in the sixth round as the fifth pick on average. Yes, yes. I, I'm comfortable taking him in the fifth round. Right, that's I why I was... start thinking about it in the fourth, to be honest. Well, look who's <laughs> going in the fifth. Uh, you've got A.J. Green. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, easy. right there alone, Philip Lindsay. I would take him over Lindsay. Chris Carson, yeah. I would take him over Carson. Uh-huh. Kenny Galladay, I would take him over Galladay, man, with as much running as I think they're going to do. I would, uh, especially with Marvin Jones there too, with Kenny Galladay, Sonny Michelle. Easily. I would take him now. Chris Godwin and Cooper Cup are would be the guys you're competing with if you're if you're if you're going around early, and Tyler Lockett and Calvin Ridley. So now you're talking a tough decision. But it's cer- a hot take. I would still take DJ Moore ahead of all those guys. I think I would too, man. I really do. <laughs> so, but that's and that that's if you're taking him in the fourth round. So, because you've got Chris Godwin's going about four eight, Cooper's going about four seven, Lockett's at the beginning of the fourth, Ridley is also at the beginning of the fourth. So, all those guys are going like fourth or fourth round range. So that's a good grouping. So I think he belongs in that group for sure. Agreed. And you know what, man, his ADP might rise if Cam keeps looking like he's looking, especially. For real. I'm intrigued to see how much Cam gets played in the preseason. Because they don't play anyone in the preseason these days, so I would I wouldn't be surprised if it's very little in the preseason yeah, games. Yeah, I would imagine 
it'll be kind of like Rodgers last year because he was coming off the injury. Right. Where he plays like a drive in two of the games and that's it. Okay. So we're in on DJ Moore. I just wanted to share that with all you guys. So speaking of being in, let's talk about this draft. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, in this draft, I chose the four spot. I know Matt thought that I was doing it just to snipe him and jack with him because he was he had the fifth hole, but that's not the case. I actually I thought you wanted to sit next to me again because we you were one and I was two in the uh, creator rank. <laughs> no, no, it, no. Truth be told, I'm actually in a draft on Friday the sixteenth. It's a live draft. It's the first of my high stakes. I'm in four high stakes drafts. It's my first one. It's live with a group of buddies, and I have fourth pick. And it's a redraft. It's it's the one of these high-stakes leagues that I'm in. Three of them are actually uh, keeper leagues. One of them is keep where you drafted him. The other two are just keep him, put him at the first round. And then this one, I am the commissioner, and I made it to where it's always redraft no matter what. Because I just wanted to have one league that way, period. Nothing decides the draft order. It's randomized. There's not a none of that matters. So I'm enjoying uh, enjoying that aspect of that. So we did everything. I pulled fourth pick, and I have a decision to make. So I went ahead and put myself at fourth here. So it's a 12 man league. I could kind of see how it how it went out. So I guess I'll start with fourth pick. I was kind of ballsy, man. I like Alvin Kamara a lot, but I do not think Alvin Kamara will be available at the number four pick for me. So I went with who I thought would be thinking outside the box, David Johnson, mm-hmm. who honestly, with the question marks surrounding the receiving core in New York, the Zeke holdout, uh, just, I like, I personally like David Johnson over McCaffrey. You can make the case for either. And the fact that all New Orleans seems to be doing is bringing in other running backs to try to be there with Kamara. I think David Johnson's a pretty safe pick at four. I feel great about it. So I went David Johnson. So you're sitting at five. What yep. did you do? I was super excited that you went David Johnson because I went Alvin Kamara. So, to be honest, the computer at one taking Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think that would actually happen. So, it makes more sense now that you went David Johnson ahead of me. Right. Yeah, I just got – right. I I did it because I I know 100% the guy in front of me is going Kamara. He's already told me. Like, I I, I know he's going to be gone (laughs) because I think I would want Kamara in front of him anyway. So right. so we're going down. Is there anything in the first round that surprised you, or is it pretty much status quo? Um, the only things that really surprised me were auto-drafted anyway. So okay. I don't really care about that. We had six people that were live and six computers. So, so. This, is, this is a 12-man league. We mm-hmm. only went 13 rounds because we didn't do defense or kicker. So Right, and I shorted like one bench spot. Right, one bench spot. So it, it so we're in the second round, and mm-hmm. it comes to you, and you went Mike Evans. Correct. I initially was going to do our. And <laughs> I was initially going to do our first podcast that was just you and me, and uh-huh. I was going to go completely like zero RB. But when Camara fell on my lap at five, I immediately abandoned that, and it's. it's Kinda, <laughs> it's okay, but it did kind of throw me for a loop. So I was like, mm, "Now what?" And I just went a little more balanced, which is what I usually end up doing in drafts. So I was excited to see Evans still there at two hundred eight. Well, what you did worked out because the receivers you took over, and for, by the way, I rank Evans above all of these guys. But you took Mike Evans over Antonio Brown, Adam yep. Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, and Amari Cooper. So I I do believe that he is above them, and you got a good running back after that. So I, I picked right behind you, and I was hoping that Mike Evans fell to me. Honestly, I know I knew what your article was, so I was about to, I was assuming you were about to go running back there. So it popped up, and I I like Amari Cooper, and I was thinking about taking with my next pick, but I know that. Um, I, I have a feeling that he was going to be back there for me again. So I was like, you know what, man? I've got David Johnson. Antonio Brown is a PPR monster. I'm going to go Antonio Brown. I picked Antonio Brown in the second round. It came back, and Amari Cooper's just sitting there. So I went Amari Cooper. So I started my draft in the first three rounds. David Johnson, Antonio Brown, and then Amari Cooper. You're picking right behind me. You went Mac. What's your thought process there? 
my thought process was I have him like just inside my top 10 for this year. And to grab him in the third round and pair him with Kamara, I feel super solid. I could have went anywhere after that, and I had three solid studs that I feel really good about. Oh yeah, I think having Marlon Mack as your RB two is phenomenal. Like even like yeah. even I have, and I've mentioned on this pod numerous times the injury questions and that. But if it stacks where he's your RB two, yes, yes, and more yes. These guys like yes. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and I have no problem with him being your RB two. But that's that's when you go for these guys when you've got the David Johnson, the the Camara, the Zeke, the Barkley. That's when you want those guys to be RB two and then get a wide receiver. Right. It's whenever you go wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver Kelsey, and then Max your one. That's when I'm like, ooh, yeah, exactly. So to get him as my running back two, I was like, yes. <laughs> so we run through everything. It comes back to you, and you went Tyler Lockett actually. Did and my thought process was I was really hoping that Devonta Freeman or Mark Ingram would drop to me and they went like four picks and two picks ahead of me. Okay. So I wasn't in love with the RBs behind them. And the only one I was like kind of considering was Rashad Penny, but I thought it was around too early. You're welcome. And then I was was peeking at the wide receivers, and I wasn't, like, super in love with DJ Moore yet because I didn't know about the Graham Barfield tweet. That's what I was about to say, yeah. (laughs) So I went Tyler Lockett because I was like, you know, maybe I'm wrong on him, and it's a mock draft. Well, (laughs) and let's let's just take Tyler Lockett and see what my team ends up being. And I'm not mad because I think he's got plenty of upside and. Him is my wide receiver too. I'm confident. Him is my wide receiver one. Not as confident. Well, I think that, that those are the two guys out of that grouping we talked about that I'm targeting in this round over everybody anyway, over Galladay, over good, over Godwin. So it, it comes to me, and I went. I started running back with David Johnson. I went Antonio Brown with Amari Cooper. I wasn't in love once again. I didn't see Graham's tweet yet either. So I went. <laughs> I went running back. I went David Montgomery. I think. That this is the uh, mock draft is the only way I'm going to get him in the fourth round. By the way, so I went yes. David Montgomery. It comes back to me. I took your boy. I got Rashad Penny in the fifth round, who's one of my favorite fifth round picks, by the way. And then it comes to you, and you go with Drake, who is a who is an anti uh, anti Zach person. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that. No. <laughs> so why why Drake? Let me ask you this: We've hyped up James White, you and I. Why would yeah. why uh, why Drake over James White? Why Drake over James White? I've come around on Drake, um, and yeah, there's the reports that Bollage is working with the ones. I personally think that is another coach's way of kind of lighting a fire under the under the real starter. So I think Kenny and Drake is going to come around, and he'll be the dude that gets all the work. Um, his ability to create his own yards, regardless of blocking, jumps off the screen when I watch film of him. And his shiftiness, his pass-catching ability is really solid. So I felt comfortable with him as my RB3. Okay. And I liked him from an upside perspective that I don't think James White would have given me. Um, If I needed an RB2, I probably would have went James White for the half PPR floor. But at that point, I was kind of able to play around a little bit. And I think Kenyon Drake was a pretty solid value in the fifth round. Well, and also, I'll I'll make a a pro-Drake comment here. (laughs) He's going to be involved in the passing game, and the Dolphins, by all accounts of everything, should be a team that's passing a lot because they're behind in games. Agreed. So as far as PPR goes, I think that that is good value for him. So good job. So so we'll cover the they'll cover the last. We'll cover two more picks and then we'll move on to your article. Um, in the sixth round, you went Evan Ingram, seventh round Dante Pettis. For me, I went uh, Robbie Anderson in the sixth round and then Geis in the seventh. So I think we both did a stand up job. And I honestly, I think both of our teams for seven rounds were good. Just as a as a recap for the listeners. 
Uh, my team uh, through seven rounds is David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, David Montgomery, Richard Penny, Robbie Anderson, and Geis. Matt's team through seven rounds is Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Marlon Mack, Tyler Lockett, Kenyon Drake, Evan Ingram, and Dante Pettis, who's one of my favorite receivers. And if you can get him in the seventh, that is some super value, by the way. I was super excited you went Geis in that round because I thought for sure you were going to do the Anderson-Pettis double up there. I almost did, but I already had uh, three receivers, so I wanted to get a fourth running back because that's what I would do real time. The league that I'm sure. drafting in is a dual flex, so I was, that, I was trying to just stack up on that. Any other uh, players you got in the draft that you want to mention to our listeners? Uh, not really. I mean, it was a pretty shallow draft, so we didn't skip out on anybody that I think is super important. Okay. I do see you got Justin Jackson in the 12th, but let's be real. There's no way <laughs> he's never gonna have he's not going that late unless Melvin Gordon's no. back mm-hmm. and has a contract, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. No, I was excited that he was there in the 12th. I was like, what? why is he still there? <laughs> in case anyone's interested, Matt went quarterback at the t- in the 10th round. He went Jameis Winston. I held out until the 12th and got Josh Allen. I actually held out for quarterback and tight end of the last two rounds, and I did uh, Josh Allen and Mark Andrews. Josh Allen in the 12th is about right, but Mark Andrews' hype is is rising quite a bit, so I don't think he'll be available that late in any drafts. The earliest a quarterback went was old Post Mahomes went in the third round, which seems about right. I don't see him not, not going there. So, and then you had Andrew Luck in the fourth and Rodgers in the fifth, and that was your first three quarterbacks off the board in this draft. And weren't all of those, yeah, all of those were by computer teams. Yes, they were all by, it was all by ADP. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think if there's players there, they go ahead of that. I hope so. I want to live in a world where that's a thing. (laughs) I think it will. That's what I want. So, we're going to cover your article now, and I'm excited to talk about it. But before we do that, I do want to remind our listeners that this is a creator rank podcast. So I'm going to read my little uh, public service announcement real quick for everybody. As always, this podcast is brought to you by creatorrank.com. It's our brand new fantasy football website where you, the fan, can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter, at CreatorRank, and check us out on Facebook and the Tube of You. All right, Matt, the floor is now yours. So what we've got is zero wide receiver draft strategy. You can find this on Twitter, tweeted by us, or you can go to the website and find it. Either way, it will take you to the place you need. So, Matt... The floor is yours, uh-huh. sir. Let's go. Tell me about this zero wide receiver strategy. All right. So with, the last time we talked, it was zero RB. And as I mentioned, all of the strategies can kind of be dictated by draft position. And I think in the middle, going zero RB makes sense because there's going to be good wide receivers there. Flip side of that, at either like the first four picks or those last four picks, I think you can have a good blueprint of doing a zero wide receiver type strategy in which you go RB heavy or basically just not a wide receiver for four or five picks and then kind of build the rest of the team. So having that kind of blueprint, as as I mentioned, like even in the mock, I was going to do one thing and then draft fell a certain way. So I was immediately able to adjust it's never like a bad thing to do that in a draft. If something comes up and you're like, oh crap, this is a really good value, take advantage of that. It's just because you have a blueprint in your head doesn't mean you have to stick to that and be rigid. You still kind of have to adjust and know where the value is. And that's all I kind of want to give the listeners is this blueprint in your head of. First four picks, last four picks, kind of slam running back because I think that's where the value is. Um, so like the first four, Saquon, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, they're all on quality offenses. They're going to have plenty of touchdown opportunity. Saquon is a home run hitter from anywhere on the field. 
So, yes, he's going high. He's going to get volume. But I also think his touchdown upside, yes, the team won't be good, so he won't always have the opportunity. But literally, if you give him the carry at his own 10, he could hit it for 90. So <laughs> he's got plenty of upside. Um, and then in the back of the round, like Joe Mixon, Lev Bell, David, uh, Nick Chubb, Kerryon Johnson might start, start to sneak up there. All have a little more question mark to them. They're not going to get the same volume that the first four are going to get. There's people that will pass on them and grab wide receivers instead, and I think that's okay. So grabbing one of them in the like back half of the first round is a really good option because you're still getting good usage. They're going to offer good volume. They're not on elite offenses for the most part, so that's kind of why they're falling. Um, but they all—they've all shown talent that they could easily finish in the top five. So I think you're getting upside there too. So spitballing, just me looking at, mm-hmm. at data right here. Mm-hmm. So let's say that I have first pick in a draft. Now, in my opinion, this is really—I think that it's going to be really hard to do zero um, wide receiver if you're at the end of the first round. This is just me, and the reason why is because it's a reach. Like I think that you could get a guy like Chubb possibly at the end of the second and the end of the round one and be okay, and you're about to get literally a wide receiver right there. And if you were going for a running back, going off ADP after Chubb, you'd be going after like Gurley, Melvin Gordon, or Dalvin Cook, or Damian Williams. And I really don't feel great, or Aaron Jones. I don't feel great. I think I'd rather have a Antonio Brown or Juju or Tyree Kill or guys around here. So I'm thinking this strategy is, like you said, if your picks one through three especially or possibly even one through four, that you really have to think about, man, I might possibly start my draft with three RBs. You have your two starters and your flex full or half your flex full, whatever that is. So this is just ADP-wise what I'm looking at. So let's say you have first pick. Consensus first pick is Barkley. So boom, Barkley, number one, right? Right. It comes back to us. Uh, and it's a 12-person draft, so it comes back to us, what, pick 25? Yep. And we have Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson, Leonard Fournette, and Devonta Freeman sitting right there. I would personally go, I would I, I would go, I know what you would do. You would probably go Mack and Carrion, right? No. No? Okay, I don't know what you would do. What would you do? I would go, I would go Freeman ahead of them, just because he's shown it a little more. Marlon Mack, yes, he does kind of – he's had the shoulder thing. He had an hamstring last year. I love the kid, but I think Devonta Freeman's going to have a huge year. So I would put him just a little ahead of Marlon Mack. Well, I would do um, Freeman and carry on would be what my, my duo. Yeah. I have first yeah. pick and I get two picks in a row. I would, and sleep, right. I would sleep like a baby too. I'd be like, okay, let's go. I've got – Saquon, I've got Freeman who I know and, and carry on who I'm high on. So I, I'd feel yeah. really, really good about that. Upside, upside, upside. Um, just to play devil's advocate on the back half of the thing, though, uh-huh. you don't have to go running back again. You could go tight end and grab Kelsey. And I think you would be setting yourself up for success. See? Reason being, with any of the zero strategies, you're basically admitting you're going to be weak at a position. Um, so to take advantage of that and go earlier in tight end and QB than you normally would, you're not double zeroing basically. <clears throat> I know it's been drilled into our heads as savvy fantasy players that you wait on QB, you wait on tight end because you can stream the positions and there's not this huge positional advantage, but I think tight end is showing to kind of buck that trend a little bit. And if you can get one of the elite guys, don't have to stream you don't have to constantly turn your roster and i think if i was doing a zero like if it fell right and i stick to my zero strategy plan in the back half i would grab like chubb kelsey and be just fine knowing i'm gonna have to wait a little bit but i'm gonna grab like another upside rb late and be be okay well i hope that you're i hope you're right because Kelsey's going right in the middle of the second round. So 
there are apparently, according to the world of mocks and all the drafts who've gone on, people are taking him in first rounds or middle of seconds. Like it's it's in that range. Like he he's going above some of the wide receivers. Like people are like, man, he, I just want to have the best tight end possible. Like for instance, in my in my work league, our draft is on the twenty fourth of August, and I'm really amped up for it. I've never won this league. I finished fourth four times and second last year. Jeez. And I want to win this league so bad. Now, my boss's other company, I've won that championship two years in a row. So I'm I, that. So there's that. But I, I want to win this league so bad. So I have 11th pick out of 12. It's a keeper league. And my keeping options are Cooper, Julio, or Gurley. I'm going to keep Julio. And then I have 11th pick. And I'm hoping Kelsey falls to me. Because I really don't love what's there. So... In a perfect world, I go Kelsey, and then it comes back to me, and I'm looking at carry on Johnson, kind of running backs right there, or possibly going like Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper. I, I might was I, say is somebody keeping Juju. Uh, no, but he should be gone before then. I would think. Think so? Yeah, the the keepers are. He's like the third only third wide. A lot of people are keeping wide receivers. It's like Michael yeah. Thomas, Juju, and Tyreek Hill are the only in Odell. So there's four. Four really good beastly wide receivers, and then right, it's so Keenan Allen be gone before you pick your first. Right? Yeah, they should be now. One of those hands down. Period. Now, if Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen are the best wide receivers when I pick, and Kelsey's there, I think I'm going Kelsey first, and then picking one of the mm-hmm. two if they're back when it comes back to me. Right. So that's my strategy. So you know, you map things out as a as a person. You like to figure out kind of in your mind a, a plan because yeah. if you go in with no plan to a fantasy draft, it's just Things start to zig. But like you said, you can't be so locked into it that you miss opportunity. Like, I right. can't tell myself in my mind, hey, I'm prepared to go Kelsey with my first pick, but then it's Kelsey and Juju that are available somehow. And I'm like, okay, I'm going Kelsey because that's what I thought I was going to get. Like, no, you go Juju. So that's that's one thing, like you're saying, is that you can go in saying, hey, man, okay. They just said that right. I could build a team with these three guys to start. That I like it. But hey, if 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 a X player you fill in the blank falls, you have to be prepared to zag, and and that's okay. And, and enough people yeah. don't do that. Right, and you reminded me of a great saying: "Failing to plan is planning to fail." So yes, <laughs> you gotta have a plan. Um, and it's not necessarily like you gotta work out every single round, but you do kind of gotta. Know your owners a little bit, know who else is in the league, know their tendencies, and go, okay, here's what's probably going to happen. And you can do a mock draft on your own where you pick, like, every single slot if you want to. (laughs) And just kind of, like, mock it out. I used to do that all the time just for, like, a family league because I knew everyone. And I knew, like, okay, these are these these guys' trends. This is what I think is going to happen. You can kind of do it in your head. Or you – or. If you want to, listeners, feel free to reach out to Matt or I or any of us. You know, Matt. Matt literally posted uh, this on Twitter, I believe. Feel free. We'll we you could we'll happily let you jump in these mocks with us and do one. If you are, if you're freaking out and you're picking at number ten and you don't know how it's gonna fall and you want to get an idea, reach out to us. We'll get a mock going. It takes about what twenty minutes, probably. To- yeah, that whole thing. 15 20 minutes something like that and you'll get added value of us in the chat room sending gifts so. yeah we are we are on point we are on point with the yeah, gift our I do. Gift game is strong. it is very strong it, it is very 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 strong our gift game we have zero fun in these chats so. <laughs> but yeah so please if there's any listeners out there who because i I'll think if sure you tweet out anytime i'm doing it I, well, i'd love to have whoever it's a lot of fun. Well, and personally, man, I tell you what, if you're just going on fantasy pros and doing it based on ADP, you're doing it wrong because yeah, there's boring. no human element there at all. Exactly. And you're just. If you got the sleeper app, I'll tweet it and join me up. It'll be fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. For real. Okay. So anything else you want to add to your article, sir? <sighs> um, I will mention, like, if you do end up kind of sticking to it, the wide receivers I would target late. I'd want to kind of maximize touchdown upside because you're losing guaranteed volume. So guys like Mike Williams that put up 10, 11 touchdowns last year, 
I think Corey Davis is in line for positive touchdown regression. He only had four last year, but I see him having more this year. Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, um, guys that can score TDs in bunches. And then later, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we've talked about having TD upside. Anthony Miller, I've talked you into. <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Let me paint you a Washington. picture. Let me paint you a picture of five rounds that's totally possible by ADP. And you tell me if this is a squad that you're comfortable with. Sure. We have first pick. We go Saquon Barkley. Uh-huh. It comes back to us. This is a 12-person league. And uh-huh. we go carry on Johnson and Devontae Freeman. So far, loving it. It comes back to us. We go Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Beautiful. Yes. Drop the mic. I'm, I'm all yeah. about that life. And then you yeah. might even be able to get Pettis when it comes back as an insurance policy and then go RB again. Pettis, Nikhil Harry at that point would be good. I would have no problem with my starting two wide receivers being Moore and Anderson, especially if I have three strong running backs for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I right. like I like it, man. Right. It's, That'd it's be solid. I've started with Gurley in that one work league the last two years. So I'm kind of it, it's hard to throw him down, but man, it's the best strategy is to part ways right now. And yeah. I'm and you know me, if anybody still tried to beat the drum on Gurley, it's myself. But just going off of ADP and draft trends, Julio's going in the top seven, top eight in all drafts, and he's the, he's rated two to four of all the wide receivers. It's just That's foolish not to keep him, in my opinion. No, no, yeah, no, you're not doing that wrong. Especially because I have 11th pick. It helps me stack. If I hit right, I can technically get mm-hmm. two top 15 players, even though I'm picking so late. So Exactly. That's yeah. the math logic there from that. Yes. I will say, though, that like, fantasy football, there is a lot of math involved. But if there was one way to like do this, somebody would have figured it out by now, and we'd all be doing it. So I like that you can kind of get to the same place by doing completely different things so that's what's always going to make this game interesting <laughs> well it's what, what what's the math you know what they say 68 percent of all stats are made up on the point so it's what yeah it's 40 percent draft 40 percent management 20 percent trades something like that like you know playing waivers making sure you're set the right lineup you're not tinkering too much with your lineup and you're making the right decisions Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10% luck in there, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's especially when the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned in one podcast, baby goes off and hits 200 for three touchdowns. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> yeah, well, I won a playoff game last year because yeah, of the Amari Cooper and Dak stack. I yeah, mean, that's 80 yeah. points. You weren't beating that. No. And I went against Kittle. <laughs> Kittle scored 40 that week. <laughs> and I. Jeez. That guy's sick. Oh, he deserved it too. He talked oh. so much. It was ha- it was halftime of the uh-huh. of that game, and uh-huh. I think Dak had like eighty yards passing, and he had me by like thirty seven points. And he's like, he's right. like, that was really yeah. smart of you to. And he's a Cowboys fan, but he hates on Dak. He's like, that was really smart of you to play Dak for money. That good decision, bro. And then he came out. Of, he went to church. He, he that's his first problem. He, he went to church being rude. Yeah, that's what that's what you get, buddy. But he came out and checked the score, and I bet you his jaw just dropped. Take that. <laughs> Send back like amen or hallelujah. Yeah, all I did was respond with a Mr. Preach. Burns. I just responded with Mr. Burns going, excellent. Beautiful. It was a sweet victory. Plus, you know, I like a lot of people, but not this guy. I really don't. <laughs> So he's on notice. Yeah. At Tech Mosaic, dude. Yeah. I don't think he knows how to listen to a podcast. Hopefully he does so he can really know how I feel. I'm just kidding. Uh, Him and Kirk Cousins are on the list. Yeah. And apparently Mark Ingram. Yeah. For sure. Just keep, keep, this keeps growing. It just keeps growing. All right, Matt. Well, this was a fun pod. I think we dropped some knowledge bobs for the peeps. Try to. Um, as always, just a quick announcement before we do uh, do end this pod this evening is that uh, don't forget that Anchor is where we record. I know most of our users from the data that I look at, most of our listeners, excuse me, do listen to us on iTunes. But if you want to download the Anchor app, it's free. 
And there's actually a voice message function. So if you have a question like, let's say that you want to organize a mock draft with us and you want to give us your information, or let's say that you are torn with a draft or a keeper question, whatever that may be, feel free to come in, leave us a message. We will play it on the pod and we will absolutely uh, get with you and get your questions answered. It's a way to do that. Obviously, Twitter works as well. We like tweets too. And uh, also, we're trying to get our reviews up, and I am uh, going to pay for your draft grade. Uh, the the uh, analyst of your team, analysis of your team, excuse me, uh, for how it shakes out, where you're strong, where you're weak, what you should do to get better. It's uh, normally, is it two ninety nine on our site, right? Is that correct? A buck ninety nine. It's normally two bucks. So I know I know it's not t- a terrible amount of money, but still, it's free. I'm paying for right. it for you if you leave a review. So please, uh, if you're a listener, get on there, leave a review, take a moment of your time, and I will reach out to you, get your information, and we'll make sure that we hook you up and get you taken care of. So anything you want to add in closing, kind sir? No, just looking forward to doing some more mics with the people. Absolutely. That'll be a fun one, man. And uh, get ready for some changes. Uh, What you see right now is the team's going to be – we got about three, four more weeks together, and then we're going to be broken up kind of a bit, kind of trying to bring as much content as possible and different angles between waivers, matchups, starts and sits. We're going to try to throw everything at you for the questions you may have. Uh, we want to be a go-to. That's why this is lineup lock. We want to help you lock that lineup. So Sunday morning, you're sleeping like a baby and you know what you're doing. So you know where to find us. As always, we appreciate the listens and the love. Peace out.